Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, life is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, and I'd like to welcome you to another session of self coaching, where real life emotional struggle, whether it's anxiety, depression, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. So each week I answer real-life questions emailed to me at selfcoachinghelp at aol.com. And today's question comes from a man named Pete. He writes, Dr. Joe, I'm one of those people who always thinks the worst. I've tried to look at things differently, but I just don't believe life can be a bowl of cherries. Ever since I can remember, I've always been this way. Do you think I could ever change my doom and gloom attitude? So today we're talking about attitude. And to answer Pete's question, let's, let's begin at the beginning. What, what is attitude? Well, attitude is kind of the way we orient ourselves mentally in life. We talk about having a good attitude or a bad attitude or sometimes a rotten attitude. But nevertheless, attitude matters. And it matters big time. Well, first of all, attitude not only shapes who you are, but it shapes how others perceive you. It comes across. Now, you know yourself. Think about it. How many people do you know that you would define them by their attitudes? Boy, she's got a rotten defensive attitude or or he's, he's really a sour, dour person. See, we tend to judge people based on how we perceive their attitudes. So attitudes, yeah, certainly they can be hidden or suppressed, and certainly a, a, an unhappy person can, you know, try to be chipper and come across with a positive attitude, but it still affects people differently. You know, I've, I've, always, I've always felt that, you know, we have antenna you know, psychological antenna that, that we can pick things up that aren't necessarily obvious or on the surface, but we sense things. So when I'm around someone who's trying to be happy or trying to be nice, it really doesn't come across as, as genuine. I'm thinking of a friend, and this friend is a decent and good person, but they tend to see themselves as this wonderful and perfect person. Maybe you know the type, you know, the person that is filled with themselves and, you know, and I, I just walk on water and everyone loves me and I'm so perfect. Well, such a person comes across in a way that is offensive to me. I mean, what I pick up is a very superficial quality. When someone says to me, Hey, Joe, how you doing? Well, sometimes that sounds really legitimate and comforting. And sometimes it sounds like you don't really want to know. Why are you asking me? You see, so sometimes attitude can, can really uh, deceive you uh, and others. So when, when someone is trying too hard to embellish something that is unnatural, 
or not themselves. It, it really does come across in a way that is detrimental to the relationship. So we need to get centered with our attitude. We need to understand it, not necessarily embrace it, but if you are, you know, a victim of glass half full, half empty kind of thinking, and if you only see the world as Pete does in a doom and gloom manner, well, we need to be aware of that. I mean, you can't, you can't walk away from how you see yourself on this planet. Uh, but you need to realize that your attitude it was not something you were born with. You know, it's that old tabula rasa. We do have tendencies, but basically we're, we're a blank slate when we are born when it comes to attitudes. So attitudes are shaped at a very young and early age. Our attitudes are shaped by our experiences. If you have a depraved or deprived childhood, of course, you're going to become less optimistic. Your attitude is going to become maybe a, certainly a bit more negative. But all in all, your attitude is something that you will continue to embrace unless. And here's the rub. As with all psychology and all things that affect us, unless you decide to willfully and consciously do something about it. So let's, let's begin with uh, being aware. Be aware of yourself. Be aware of how you judge and feel about life and others and people. Because it's this awareness that's going to serve you. And once you become aware, you need to recognize if your attitude serves you or hurts you. Very simple dichotomy. Does it serve me to be negative or does it hurt me? Does it serve me to be optimistic, or does it hurt me? Well, these are important questions, because if you're going through life feeling that your attitude is really a drain, really something that pulls you down and makes life not only unhappy, but sometimes unbearable, well, then what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Well, if you feel it's my attitude, it's who I am, well, then you're not going to do anything about it. But if, on the other hand, you realize that your attitude is an acquired trait, and I would move it more into the realm of it's a habit. It's a habit of thinking and a habit of perceiving who and what you are. So if you don't like your attitude, or better yet, if you perceive that your attitude is hurting you, then the first thing to do is to recognize that this is a habit. I've acquired this habit. It could be acquired over your lifetime. But nevertheless, attitudes are shaped by the past. And here's a very startling announcement. They're also affected and shaped and changed by the present. So the past has set you up to where you are today. And the present and going forward, that arrow of time moving forward, is what will become of that attitude, whether it shifts from negative to positive or vice versa. So circumstances certainly can play into your intentions, you know, your intentions to become a better person, to feel better about things. But you, beyond your circumstances, have the ultimate say-so as to whether you change, whether you feed or starve a certain attitude. 
the most prevalent, or let's let's break it up into a, maybe a dichotomy. Let's let's talk about good and bad, optimistic, pessimistic. These are these are easy kind of concepts to embrace. Uh, let's let's talk about the attitudes of optimism and pessimism. Well, we like to live in the present. I mean, that's where life really is, and that's where the healthy person tends to be. You know, this whole mindfulness movement. You know, we're, we're trying to become more present. That's, that's where anxiety and depression don't reside. Anxiety resides in the future, in those what-ifs. So being more mindful, learning to live in the present, yeah, that's, that's the ticket. Now, I'm going to say something that's somewhat contradictory. When it comes to optimism or pessimism, we are leaving the present and we're projecting our attitude forward. Now, this isn't always a bad thing. It's not so good when you project pessimism forward because then you set yourself up for, like Pete in the question he raised, as a doom and gloom person because we're expecting bad things to happen. And if you expect bad things to happen, well, what do you think is going to happen to you? Of course, you are going to start to recoil you're going to start to brace, to start wringing your hands together, anticipating bad things, and you're going to start becoming a defensive person. So pessimism has a price tag in the present. See, this is what's important. Now, optimism is just the opposite. We project optimistic things into the future, and just like pessimism, no one knows the future. So, of course, so we don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing uh, that's going to happen. But, and this is what is so critical, but, see, the optimist, by anticipating positive things in the future, the optimist lives a very different present. And this is key. So think about it just for a second. If you are optimistic, if you think things are going to turn out okay, if you think you're going to pass that test, get that job, find that other person, well, you're going to live a different life today. Now, I would venture to guess that Pete's life, the way he described it in that brief question, as he says, is no bowl of cherries. But what about your life? How do you see it? How would you describe it? In general, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you a nervous person, an anxious person, a depressed person? How would you describe you in the present? Okay. So what we want to do is we want to start realizing that by embracing your current attitude, you have to make the assessment as to whether, as we said earlier, it hurts me or serves me. If it does not serve you, then we need to start changing our attitude our attitude toward self, toward life. Now, change usually is something that gets most people nervous because change introduces new realities, new adjustments, demands, needs for adaptation. So we, we usually recoil when it comes to change, but if we can start to embrace an optimistic change, then you see everything's different. Then we, we have more of a motivation to change things, to go forward. 
if we cling to and embrace negative or pessimistic expectations, then change becomes something that is more threatening. Why would you want to change if, if you're going to get beaten up by just changing and going forward? So you cling to, to your defensiveness. You cling to your anticipation of half-empty glasses. And, and speaking of glasses being half-empty or half-full, let's, let's pause a second. And, and you've probably always seen those, those images of a glass being half-empty, half-full, and uh, you know, someone saying that it's never really half empty because there's always air on the 50% upper part of the glass. You've probably seen things like that. Well, let's look at it from a self-coaching paradigm. You see, from a self-coaching paradigm, it doesn't matter which part of the glass is either half empty or half full. It only matters which part of the, gla the glass that you're attending to, focused on. If you're focused on the half-full part of that glass, and that's your focus, and that's what you embrace, then you become the optimist, and your life becomes filled with optimism. If your focus is on the pessimism, the pessimistic side of life, you're looking at that half-empty glass, and you're saying, boy, this life, it ain't for me. This, as Pete said, it ain't a bowl of cherries. Half empty, half full. It's your call. Now, if your glass is not quite full, let's, let's start to realize what are you going to do about it. So consciousness is number one. And, and the best way to do that is, is to really, you know, just like a court stenographer, just kind of record what goes through your mind, especially in, in moments where you find yourself struggling a bit or challenged a bit. You know, what are your expectations? What are your anticipations? Are they tainted in negative ways, in positive ways? So I'd like you to just relax and start to get in touch with your overall perceptions of your life. Now, don't make excuses. Don't let yourself say, well, there's not much to look forward to. You know, these are just rationalizations of your insecurities. We don't need to rationalize insecurity. We need to trash it. We need to take a leap of faith and begin to realize that our attitude is synonymous with our experience of life. You see, you've, you've got to get that. Uh, if you really want the life that you want and the life that you deserve, well, then it begins by reshaping your attitude, by finding the right attitude, the right attitude for you. So what makes a happy person? And conjointly, what makes a happy life? Well, it's attitude. A happy person has an attitude that embraces optimism, positive expectations, and a willingness to believe that. Now, no one knows the future. We've just said that. However, if you're willing to take a leap of faith, if you're willing to really risk, and I use that term uh, quite literally, if you're willing to risk letting life unfold with positive expectations, I guarantee you, your life will reflect this. You will become happier. And you know what? Even if those positive expectations don't come to pass, 
your attitude will put you in a position to really gain much more of happiness and the positive. And, and here's, the, here's the rub. And more good luck. I've seen this all the time. I know it's, it sounds weird and rather new age, but I've seen people change their attitudes and embrace optimism. And I've seen, and I say this so sincerely, I've seen in my patients, I've seen their luck change. I've seen, I've seen unbelievable things just start to happen when someone's attitude shifts from negative to positive. I don't know why exactly. Sure, I, I, w I would speculate and say that, well, probably what happens is that, you know, we start to exude positive vibes. People see us differently. The world begins to react to us differently. Of course it does. Why wouldn't it? Because we are now becoming that person and we are bringing that new and optimistic person into the world. And uh, just like most people like to laugh, the world likes to be around positive people. I mean, everyone likes to be around people who lift them up, who, who give them hope, who inspire them. Ask yourself, when was the last time you were around a real negative Nelly? You know, someone that's just, oh my God, this is so bad and life is this and I can't stand it. And I've got this ache, and I've, you, you get my point. I mean, I don't like to be around those people. Uh, I, I, just, I just think that people don't get it. They, they just somehow float with the attitude that complaining is what other people want to hear. And it's crazy, right? I mean, how many times, how many people do you know? Let's, let's think for a second. How many people do you know every time you call them up, you give them a call and you say, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, this week I just, uh, my legs, my knee, I, I just, and I, I, I just, I'm so tired. And how many people do you know like that? A few, a lot. And how do you feel when you, you know, you kind of make yourself give them that call. You'd, you'd rather not have to even stay in touch. Maybe they're family members. So, of course, you know, we, we have to call them. And when we do call them, of course, we're saying, well, I did my duty and, uh, let me get off this phone. But what about the friend or family member that you, you call who's really got a light touch toward life itself? Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, a lot of fun this week. Uh, you know, been outside, really soaking up the sunshine. Now, that's a person that you kind of want to call. And you hang up with that person and you feel, you feel better about yourself. You see, it's, it's contagious. A positive attitude is contagious, and it affects people. And it will affect how they literally, I'm not talking figuratively, how they see you. There have been studies that show this. A positive attitude, someone will see that and also see you as being more attractive. And a negative attitude, someone will see that attitude and you as being less attractive. So if you want to be more attractive to people, and who doesn't, then it's time to realize you're going to come across as a more attractive person if you have a more attractive attitude, a more upbeat attitude. 
an attitude that reflects the person you are, the person you need to be. Not the acquired negative person that you've become, not the acquired hesitant or doubtful or fearful person that you've become, but the new, more engaging, more upbeat person that you are now beginning to exude to the world. So, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no reason why you wouldn't move in this direction other than stubbornness or, which is more likely, the fact that you don't realize you can. It's funny, it always amazes me. You know, when I see a new patient and they come in and they're so entrenched, you know, in their problems, oftentimes someone will come into therapy and they have a really rotten negative attitude. And you try to challenge that attitude and... It's very resistant. You, you know, they, they don't want to change. They just want to sit there and, and fight you and, and, and debate you as to why, why a negative attitude, why pessimism is, is so inherently impossible to let go of. So what I've concluded, the fact that sometimes patients want to not be cured, not to change, they just want to become better neurotics. <laughs> now I know, I know that sounds a lot of, a little cuckoo, but you know what? Sometimes you know a person comes in, uh, it doesn't want to really stop worrying. They just want to be able to sleep better. So what about you? Do you want to become a better neurotic? I don't think so. I hope not. Stop clinging to anything that holds you back. Anything that presents you in a way that you don't want to be presented. And sometimes it helps to, you know, to just kind of depersonalize all of this and step out of yourself and kind of be a fly on the wall and observe yourself with others. Listen to yourself in that phone conversation. How do you sound? Full of energy, enthusiasm, or are you speaking monotone and blah, 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 blah? Come on now, this is important. You can begin to shape. You know, you're, you're a plastic person. You can shape you. You're not, you're not made of unbendable material. Your attitude is and was shaped by you and your experiences and your reinforcements, the reinforcing factors of your life. But now is the time to decide, is that where you want to be? So if you don't want to be there, like the court stenographer, start just passively listening watching, observing yourself. What do you see? Record it. Don't, don't get bent out of shape. Don't start trying to analyze it, but just start to become aware of it. That's the first step. Awareness is the first step. You're not going to do yourself any good if you're not aware of your attitude. And a lot of times, and most of the time, remember the perfectionistic person I told you about who thinks they're so hot and so great and so wonderful? Oftentimes, they've been convinced they are. So this is more difficult to get at if you are really sold on yourself. Usually the negative aspects of an attitude are easier to pick up, but the superficial attitudes, when you think you're pulling it off and convincing everybody how wonderful you are, uh, the only way you could pick that up is if, you, is if you really listen to yourself carefully and really start to observe others. Uh, you, you know, of course, if they roll their eyes or 
start to try to change the subject or pull away from you or just the lack of success you truly have. Um, so sometimes you have to in, infer what's going on with your attitude by just the way the world reacts to it, to your attitude. Uh, and the world will react to your attitude. What kind of luck have you had? What kind of experiences have you had with others socially? So if your social experiences aren't confirming that you're in a place where you want to be, then it's time to scrutinize your attitude. Because it's that attitude that really shapes the worldly experiences you have had and are having. So if you're out there in the social world in any shape or form, it's really important for you to realize what kind of feedback you're getting from your world. Your world will enlighten you. But you've got to start reading the tea, le tea leaves. I mean, you, could, you can read the tea leaves of introspection, like the court stenographer, and just start being aware of the thoughts that go through your mind dispassionately, and then reviewing these thoughts and making a statement about it. Jeez, I'm rather negative. I didn't realize all I keep doing is complaining. You know, so we can become more aware of our own shortcomings, sure. But sometimes we can't. Sometimes, you know, there is a good degree of superficial unconsciousness. So again, in these cases, look to the experience you're having in your world. Are you happy? Are you living a life that you want to be living? Are things going well? Are people treating you well? I mean, if all this is going well, then of course you don't have any problems. So uh, God bless. But if things aren't going as well as you'd like them to go, well, what are you going to do about it? I'll tell you a secret. You're going to change because change is what we're all about as human beings. Life itself is the habits that we accrue over a lifetime. And all habits, all habits, attitude included, are either learned and reinforced or they're starved and unlearned. So don't whine about it. Don't whine about your circumstances or your life. And as I said before, I, and I know you might struggle with this, but I can almost guarantee it. I wish, I wish there were a psychological warranty I could offer you. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have one. So, but, but if you start to starve that in you which you see as counterproductive, as destructive, if you start to really starve those thoughts that feed that attitude, what's going to happen is that not only will you start feeling and being different, but your circumstances, your life will start to reward you in a way that now makes this a, a self-perpetuating machine. You become now so positive that things around you start to encourage you to become more and more positive. Because the world will react to you. And, and you know, circumstances. Um, you know, it, it, there are circumstances that are difficult and hard, but even the optimist interprets those circumstances differently. An IRS audit. Ten people will have different reactions. Four of them may be pessimists and start moaning and groaning and staying up at night and wringing their hands and pacing the floor. Four of them might be optimists who feel 
you know, it's going to be okay. I'll figure it out. I, I can handle this. I've handled other problems in my life. I'll get through this. And what about that last person, the 10th person? Well, let's just say that that person uh, is really on that fence between optimism and pessimism, gets the IRS audit. Now, that's a pivotal place to be. And in your life, whether it's whatever on your fence moment might come your way, whether it be an IRS audit, a challenge at work, a relationship question, just realize when you're on that fence, if you could even just start leaning towards optimism, leaning in that direction, it will start to affect how you handle that situation. But lean in the opposite direction, lean toward pessimism, and you're going to start developing other symptoms, anxieties, for example, depression, emotional struggle, even the leaning alone. I mean, you don't have to be a full-fledged pessimist. You know, you don't have to be a card-carrying pessimist to, to really feel anxiety or depression or emotional struggle. Just leaning in that direction will start to cave you in. And little by little, you know what happens. If you're sitting on a fence and you happen to lean, eventually you'll fall in the wrong direction. So let's start leaning. If you're not quite in that optimistic place right now, okay, it's going to take some practice. You're not going to get there just by listening to me or, or any, reading any book. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen with practice, you see. So let's start practicing leaning toward optimism, okay? Unless you're already a full-fledged optimist and you don't need to do this, for most of us, let's realize that you know we want to shed the past, the negativity of the past, the doubts of the past, the fears of the past, and we want to start leaning towards that optimistic potential that life offers. Oh, and I should clarify that. Life doesn't offer us anything, and, and I'm sorry to say that. Uh, it, life is neither good nor bad. It just is. Now, don't, you know, just relax a second. It's not life. It's how we interpret life. You know, you can't say, not not... Well, maybe not from a Zen sense that building a bridge is any different than curing cancer. Washing a floor is any different than building a bridge. It's not, it's not what you do. It's, it's what we say about those things that we do and how we interpret our lives. One of my favorite uh, stories comes from uh, a story of St. Francis of Assisi. He was hoeing his garden, and someone came up to him and said, well, what if the world were to end this evening? What would you do? And St. Francis thought for a second, and he looked up, and he said, I'd continue hoeing my garden. Now, there's a man at peace. You've got to assume there's some optimism there. He's in the present. He's able to let go of an anticipatory, pessimistic attitude about the future. And he's just enjoying his gardening. See, optimism lets you do that. Optimism allows you to be more mindful, to be more present. It permits you to let go of all those anticipatory anxieties, you know, what if this and what if that. Yeah, optimism is a powerful tool. An optimistic attitude is something worth acquiring. So if you're on that fence, feel the lean. 
Which way are you leaning? Now, if you're leaning towards pessimism, an overall interpretation of life in the darker shades, then find the brake pedal. Consciousness. Find the brake pedal. Tell yourself, hold on. Let me just reorient myself. Because since optimism and pessimism are choices, I don't have to choose to allow myself to tip towards pessimism. You know, it's you're allowing yourself to tip left, right. So don't allow it. Don't allow it. Tell yourself when you start feeling those negative thoughts, stop it, drop it. Nice easy mantra. Stop it. Drop it. Get back at least to center on that fence. Now, no one likes sitting on the fence. In fact, during the Civil War, it was called riding the rail. Terrible torture. Stop torturing yourself and start realizing that you can allow, you really can allow a more positive attitude towards life, toward yourself, and toward your future. If you practice allowing yourself to do it, and by practicing, I mean every single day. Our brains are shaped. This is the neuroplasticity of our mind. Our brains are plastic. They can be shaped and reshaped. The actual structure, the actual anatomy of your brain can be shaped by you. But it's not going to happen with a positive thought here or an optimistic attitude there. No, it's going to happen by an optimistic persistence and practice every single day. So, starting today, start practicing being more optimistic. You, you know what? You don't even have to believe it at first. That's not important. Tell yourself the optimistic things you need to hear. And you may not embrace it, but you know what? Just telling yourself something positive instead of negatives, negative has a, an effect on you and your brain. You know, it's, it's kind of like a saline solution, just washing over, you know, a, a cut. It, it just cleanses. Say something positive, even if you can't embrace it. You can try, but just saying it, just telling yourself it's going to be okay, and then trying to embrace it. At least you're telling yourself and you're allowing your brain to stop the flow of unimpeded negativity. It's powerful. Practice it. Envision it. You know, visualizations are very important. If you can envision yourself being more optimistic, that has a brain effect. That has an effect on the neurons in your brain. Just imagining yourself in a happier place, in a more content place, you're actually reshaping your brain. Now, if you practice that and you practice it on a daily basis, you will begin to embrace that positive, optimistic attitude. What you believe is what you become. You know, I'm going to tell you a little secret, and please don't tell anybody about this. It's, it's kind of embarrassing. When I first started doing uh, psychology, I had, uh, I had had some really good uh, graduate courses in hypnosis, and I, I liked hypnosis. It sounded like a, a good, you know, kind of aspect to offer patients. So I 
decided to, you know, get some uh, equipment, sound equipment. You know, I bought this little machine that was able to reverberate the voice. And, and what I would do is I, I'd have someone lie down. I'd set the stage. I'd lower the lights. And, and I would uh, keep the reverb off. Uh, and I would start, you know, close your eyes. And then as I, as I started to go through my script, you know, you're getting sleepy, you're getting drowsy. I would go from speaking normally and, and kind of in a regular voice to a slower, kind of more exaggerated voice. And, you know, I would go something like, you're getting tired, your legs, your arms, tired. Relaxed, and and as I went on, I would start to turn up the reverb, so so it almost sounded like a, my voice was coming from a, a deeper place and almost almost a cave, and and what I was trying to do was I was trying to enhance this whole mystique about hypnosis, and I was trying to sell it as a salesman. I was trying to sell the fact that this hypnosis, this is like really really sort of powerful kind of magic, you know. And lo and behold, um, I had tremendous success, you know, with uh, people wanting to stop smoking, to lose weight. But I abandoned it because basically the effect was uh, rather short term. So I mentioned this for two reasons. First of all, why did I have such tremendous success with hypnosis? Well, number one, um, Someone believed it. They bought the sales pitch. They believed this magical thing that happened to them. I am hypnotized. And once they believed that they were hypnotized, then, of course, uh, they embraced it. So I, I'm not going to smoke. I, I'm, I've been hypnotized. I'm, I'm not going to take that extra cookie. I, I've been hypnotized. If you embrace it and believe it, you become it. So even though they were tricked, my patients, those early days, they were tricked into believing and buying into the hypnosis. Nevertheless, here's the lesson for you. What you embrace and what you believe will become who and what you are. So that's why I go back to the practice. If you do it every day, if you practice it every day, eventually you're going to give yourself the suggestion that you can. And at some point, you're going to flirt with trying to embrace it. At some point, it's just only natural. Yeah, maybe I can be a little more optimistic about getting that job. But maybe, maybe this time I'll, I'll really get lucky on a date. You see, practice it, eventually embrace it, and become it. See, what you believe is what you become. So you set yourself up to that belief system by practicing optimism, by practicing optimism at the expense of pessimism, self-doubt, fears, negativities. Practice optimism, and life will unfold in a way that it was meant to unfold. Yep. I say meant to unfold. I think, I think we become corrupted by our own doubts, fears, and negatives. Insecurity does that. You weren't meant to suffer. That, that's not the way it was supposed to be. But you were meant to experience life in a more neutral way. And then from that neutral place, 
begin to employ a little bit more of that optimistic juice. And once you start taking that juice, let me tell you, then you'll start to realize that life itself can be this totally different place than you're used to. Why not make that happen? Why not start the practice today? It doesn't take long. A few minutes every day, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it takes. It's your attitude. Whatever it takes. Just do it. Just do it. You know, and practice envisioning who you're going to be. Take those five minutes, for example, and just in your mind's eye, just see yourself as a happier person. Kind of imagine yourself, big smile, you know, just engaging life, uh, looking forward to waking up every day and getting going. And just imagine it. Just imagine it. Because if you start to imagine it, you'll see. It's going to become your life. And visit my selfcoaching.net website where you could learn more about my self-coaching philosophy and check out my number one best-selling books, now published in 10 languages. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. Remember, everything is hard till you make it simple. So join me and let's make it simple together. Fight.